Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Going to have a good conversation today with local media celebrity and former LSU star Gordy Rush, who's the general manager of the Guarantee Broadcasting Stations here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, Gordy's been around for a while, and you'll get a chance to hear his perspective on where media is headed, specifically radio, and his thoughts on podcasts, because podcasts are becoming the wave of the future for audio on demand. Look forward to getting into it with G in just a moment here on The Clay Young Show. Don't forget, you can always get us during the week on social media at Facebook or on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at ClayYoungBR, and of course, just my name, on Facebook, and also uh, you can comment or send emails at the Podcast 225 website. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, please do, and if you have, tell your friends about the show and what we're talking about every week. I think it's both informative and entertaining, and I always enjoy hearing from you guys. Hopefully you're planning on a great 4th of July weekend. We are doing this show just before the 4th of July, and there's a lot going on in the country nowadays. Lots of of upheaval over politics and social issues, and it's just, I don't know, man. We're going to play some politics now where it's just all screaming, and it it literally becomes like white noise. You know, noise that just kind of blends into the background. You don't even notice it anymore. In my own company, when I sit with people running for office, I just try to help them get a message out without being shillish, or coming across as, you know, just like everybody else who's just looking for any cheap political opportunity to grandstand. And it's sad, man. We don't have conversations about differences anymore. We haven't for years. Now everything just degrades into the crap we see today. I mean, think about it. This kid in South Carolina murdered those people, those innocent people in a church at a Bible study. And he did it because he said he wanted to start a race war. And here it is, I thought, early on, that it looked like he failed miserably. Well, churches are burning. You know, we're fighting over the Confederate flag. All of this crap with politicians out of Washington, and it's like, dude, here we go. We fell for the trap again. We fell for it again. You know, for all of the criticism that millennials get, I don't think they care as much about differences. Maybe they ought to care a little bit more about flashing their behinds on Facebook or boobs or whatever else. But in terms of the way they see one another, I mean, their differences really don't separate them as much as generations before. And again, I don't agree with people on everything, and I'm fully capable of voicing my disagreement. One of the reasons I don't as much, at least, you know, in conversations with people, is because it turns personal. And I'm just not one for that. It's like, when, when did we lose the ability as adults to be able to just have a conversation and disagree without it turning into a slap fight or a brawl or name calling on social media? And I mean, it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad. So lots of other social issues going on that we, you know, we're going to get into. I just, gosh, just the, the, the energy to do it. It's just, it, it's sometimes almost beyond me. It is. I mean, here in Baton Rouge, Donald Trump uh, is sponsoring. He owns the Miss USA pageant. And it's happened here in Baton Rouge, I guess, the last couple of years. And it won't be televised this year, despite all the money that they spend in the city for that specific reason to promote the city because of comments Donald Trump made when he was announcing his candidacy for president. And he went after immigrants. And it's like, he's right about illegal immigration and, and people who come here illegally. They should come here legally. But you got to be careful not to blanket every immigrant with the same title. Right? And it didn't surprise me that Trump said it. He said it before. But people are going after him now. But hell, it's made him popular. I mean, right now he's polling number two to Jeb Bush on the Republican side for president. And that, my friend, is going to be a very interesting deal there. Governor Bobby Jindal from Louisiana announced his candidacy for president. And what I thought was a pretty bizarre afternoon, the video of him sitting in the backyard with his kids was just kind of creepy. 
It was supposed to be a, com- a private conversation, but lo and behold, we got a sneak peek with a hidden camera. Like, what the hell is that about? Who came up with that idea? They ought to already be looking for another job. And then the governor said he was rested, tan, and ready. Well, he's Indian. That tan ain't going away. So just, you know, the whole thing is just interesting. I don't know. But anyway, we'll talk about media and what's ahead with Gordy Rush on the other side of this quick break. And remember, we want you to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and of course, we love it when you subscribe. It's a free show. You get all of this for absolutely free. Come on, man. You can't do better than that. Back with Gordy Rush in just a moment. There is nothing like sitting outside in the evening, enjoying time in the backyard or on the patio or in the courtyard, and just relaxing after a long day. But that relaxation is often interrupted by this intruder. That's right, mosquitoes. They make me sick. And for some of you, they make you literally sick. Don't suffer anymore. Do what I do. Go to Pest Stop, do it yourself, pest control, and get rid of your mosquito problem. Free your yard from these annoying pests. At Pest Stop, they can get rid of your mosquito problem just like that. Here's John Conroy to tell you where they are. Well, at Metairie, we're at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. On the West Bank, we're on La Palco, just past the Harvey Bridge. And in Baton Rouge, we're at 806 O'Neill Lane. Use what the pros use at Pest Stop. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. So we're back with Gordy Rush, the general manager of the Guarantee Broadcasting radio stations uh, here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Gordy is a former LSU football star. He runs the cluster at Guarantee. And first of all, how are you, G? I'm doing fantastic, Clay. This is a calm before the storm, right? <laughs> yes, before we, yeah. we get the football season so we can relax and do podcasts and enjoy. You know, it, but, but before we get to that, you said something at a, a conference that we were together at, I guess, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was fascinating because I've actually known this side of your personality as well. You told the group, don't be afraid to not ask me about football. Mm-hmm. You don't have to always ask me about football because I know other things. You you were a pretty good student. You got into some pretty good schools that you could have gone to. You came to LSU to play football. And it basically was like, don't typecast me just because I was a jock and because I'm associated with such a fabulous program. I can think too. And that's one of the things that I want you to talk about because you and I have had conversations about books and business sure. and all of that. So Start that. Does it annoy you that people only think you know just about football? <laughs> well, you know, it, it does. And, and that, there's going to be that stereotype. There's a funny story. Dick Lewis, who, who ran a radio group in Baton Rouge, New Orleans forever, is a yeah. dear friend, yeah. came up to me. And when, it, when I was younger, getting in the sales, he thought the only way that uh, I was going to, he's going to break through to me and said, here's what I want you to do. It's kind of like a tall sweep. And he's describing <laughs> this. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. You know nothing about football. You never played it down to football. <laughs> That's right. And you really, you're not getting through to me with that yeah I know he was like where are you going with this and so what 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 came back to this is so football to me is my dad played for for Banner Shock Tulane New Orleans Saints got drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles right and it was always an intimate bond between us and so and look I was a, a fantastic high school player good enough to get a college scholarship to Purdue fired the coach transferred uh, walked on at LSU for a year, gave me a scholarship the last two. I was a role player. I was not a superstar. But um, the people that coach me will say that I'll, I'd hit you. Yeah. I was going to give you great effort. Yeah. And, but that's but what we love a, down here, man. I was a coach on the field. <laughs> yeah. And so to me, it's such – I love the analytical side. And that's yeah. why I still in, stay involved. And, and so I like to watch film on my own. I love to talk to coaches. I do love the atmosphere. It's a fun release for me. But – for me, in the whole radio side and the marketing uh, of it, it, things that I'm passionate about are leadership and management and growing and, and just looking in the mirror and feeling fulfilled. And there's so much more, to me, that's so much more intriguing than talking football. And, and you know, and so the question was, tell us one thing uh, about you that nobody really knows. It's like, there's more to me than football. <laughs> That's right, right. You know, and, and it was an interesting decision for me because, um, 
because I was a late bloomer, I played my high school football at 16. Mm-hmm. I got into Cornell, Dartmouth, Northwestern, Chicago, Vanderbilt, and um, Wake Forest. So clearly not a slouch. No, no. I mean, I did <laughs> look, I did great academically. And, and so Purdue, they fired the coach. Fred Akers came from Texas. He's yeah. going to play a scheme that didn't fit me. And so I called my father and said, I'd like to go to Cornell, where I'd been accepted and had sure. a good relationship where – and uh, we had a long talk, and he flew me down. And LSU didn't offer me. And two days after signing day, I waited and then decided to go to Purdue. And LSU didn't offer. They took a defensive back from Orange, Texas. Unfortunately, was academically ineligible. Mm-hmm. Had a great all-star game in Tiger Stadium probably four or five months later. Mike Archer, word got back to me, said, look, you know, we, we made a mistake. You're, you know, maybe we made a mistake in this. If anything happens – you know, let us know. And right. so I had the choice between LSU and um, and Cornell and, and to walk on at LSU. And Cornell, of course, Ivy League's not scholarships. Right. And I, I finally thought to myself, look, it's about, yeah, I can come. I want to play on a big stage, but I want to play in front of my parents because they, they gave up so much for me to do and live my dreams and put me through good schools and what have you. So I'm glad that I did. And so instead of going up and being a big fish in a small pond, right. I was just a role player. And I loved it, enjoyed it, and it was a fulfilling experience for me. So, yeah, that's a little bit of my background. And, and that's why, yeah, when, when people come up and I hear, hey, look, it's kind of like football on a toss sweep. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 where are you going with this? Well, let's talk a little bit about leadership. Well, let's go back to the beginning. You sure. play football at LSU. You graduate from LSU. You've gotten your MBA from LSU, correct? Actually, I did not get my MBA. I started my MBA, got you offered start- a full-time okay, job. Okay. Long story short, I had some uh, issues with my family, and I had to go to work. Okay. And so I, start- right. I, I completed— The classic actually, American story, right? Uh, yeah, you com- yeah, and I regret that. Look, I completed a, a year and a semester, so a year and a half of that. Okay. And I never got—never finished it. And- <laughs> So let's. So you you go to LSU. You you know you you play football there. You get. How did you end up in radio? It's a funny story. So you know I started first and foremost, and and it, uh, had some friends in the business, and they asked, uh, "Look, would you like to to do some uh, some of the post game stuff and get involved with that?" Because I'd made friends with Jim Hawthorne, Doug Morrow, Kevin Ford, who's still on the LSU network. We yeah. graduated from Jesuit New Orleans, and yeah. so I had a good relationship with them. And then Eddie Martini again. Everything comes back to the Catholic League, right? Right. right. And he's uh, from Archbishop Rummel, and he was uh, over at Jenny Broadcasting, WJBO, WFMF at the time. Yeah. He hired me to start selling LSU, LSU game day program. So you started some in sales. Air. I started in sales, and then they had me do the on-air, so I did a little bit of joint. So when I left the MBA program, look, I had to get a full-time job, go to work. Yeah. And uh, so went that direction. And, uh, and look, I fulfilled, and, and Eddie and I are still good friends to this day. So that's how I got started, and I did both. And what's interesting, Eddie said this, George Jenny said this, and I say this to people still, very few people can do both. Yep. Very few people. You know most I know. People, most people <laughs> want to do the, yeah. the glitz and glamour, yeah. the on-air. But I think it helped coming from a business school background and, and you know, graduating from the USO business school that I wasn't a journalist. So it wasn't it about me and being yeah. a star. It was about opening the door to go sell behind. Yes. And and um, that's why I did it. And then it's a labor of love of football. It was never about, you know, I didn't take one journalism class. It wasn't about all the journalistic right. approach to things. And, and it was about... Uh, it was about growing my career. And so it was a little different tack. No Orlando, a little bit more of that right Yes, here. absolutely. That's, that's a, Some yeah, of the good stuff. My, my assistant is in here. Won't tell this you what that what is. This is what makes the podcast great. <laughs> right? The Thank radio you, PD would be, what are you doing? <laughs> yes. Right, yes. If we're doing a podcast. <laughs> yes, 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 that's yes. exactly right. So, so you are in radio. You're doing sales. You're on the air. I can't wait to move to our part of the conversation where we get into the geeky, nerdy, on the air formatics. But what was your passion? Okay, you're doing both. What's driving you? Because you said something interesting earlier about people love the glitz and glamour, but it's my philosophy that people who only fall up and fall in love with the glitz and glamour are not long for this business. Yeah. No, no, that's you know? correct. So and, what I mean, drove and, you? And you've got to realize you've done it too. You know, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, yep. I, you know, there's a ceiling here. That's I right. I mean, it's not like you can be a rock star here, and there are only a handful of people mm-hmm. that, that I think are making 
the, the kind of income that, that fits the goals of, of you and I. So let's let's take a step back and uh, and right. come back to, to to me. It was always about being fulfilled, mm-hmm. and and I, you know I, I to me if I could look in the mirror. And yes, there's some income that's involved with it, but it's fulfilled. Yeah. And for me, it's building relationships and genuine relationships with people. And I think that's one of the things most of the people that know me, there's nothing fake about me. No. I'm going to shoot straight right. and this is where it is. And, you know, and, and I have some great relationships out there. And if I've got some relationships and you and I've talked about it. If, if I don't feel like that it's not going to be genuine, it's not going to be a win-win, I just walk away from right. it and not to be ugly right. because we're all on this earth for a short time. And I, I want to do things that are meaningful. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. We're all God's children. Nothing wrong. That's your yeah. decision. Yeah. But we're going to go forward this direction. So Clay, for me, do people know you're this deep when you get into conversations. Cause when I hear people call into the radio <laughs> show, oh, these, <laughs> now, now this is you and I talking. Right. This isn't the drunks on the post game show. That's you right. Know, I mean, usually, look, before I did that show, that was three martinis before I got in. Man, when you three, get that just phone, three? You get that phone call and the guy asks, hey, how come they don't let the tiger out the cage before the game? Oh, my God. And it's a serious question. Yeah. And you hear pause. Yeah, he's three pause. kegs in already. It's like, okay. Um, but, you know, so it, it comes back to I had goals. Yeah. And you have yearly goals. And then you have one-day contracts. Sure. And, and, and that's a theme we could get to mm-hmm. at some point. But for me, it was always being about fulfilled. And, you know, so what, what's, what's been neat is that uh, this career has been built. And you can go back through it. But eventually there was a vision. And I've been with Guarantee since 1997, 98. Mm-hmm. I mean, rarely do you see that, especially in media, that you've been with somebody for 17 years right. in this day and age. But a local company to kind of... Uh, to carve our, our own path and kind of be unique and have the flexibility to do things we, we want to do. It's and rare yet, now. It's still rare. Still be successful yeah. in where we're going. Yeah, it's rare in the business now because you've got the big boys. You've got the iHeart, mm-hmm. formerly, formerly uh, Clear Channel. You've got Citadel, which is now basically Cumulus, right? That's correct. And who else is out there? Yes, Town Square Media. Town Square and, Media. And, you know, CBS is, is out there and they're going through things. And, you know, I mean, unfortunately, and there's a lot of good people with those, you know, with those organizations, a lot of talented people. And what happened, you know, unfortunately, is that most of these major, major companies bought all these stations at the peak and paid maximum price. And now they're sitting upside down in debt. And if you or I were out there running cumulus or, or, or iHeart or whatever it is, we would be facing the same challenges. Yeah, but it's different because I find that there are people making decisions in the business now who don't know a microphone from a megaphone in, in terms of studio, right? They don't really know how to reach the people. You know, you get some guy who's never had to sell it or ever had to be on the air doing it who wants to tell you how it's done the best way. You, you have some of there. There's no doubt. And then you have the, I think you have the constant battle. You got people that are employed right now that love the business. Yeah. That look, I got to play the game. I want to get my paycheck right, right. now. And I, if this is big corporate, then, then you got to deal with it. I, I think when you, you come back to, and, and boy, we're, you know, I, I know we're. It's podcast, brother. It's That's podcast, what you do. So we're rolling. Yeah. But, but some of it is this, is I think what, what's happened to radio because of, some of the consolidation and the fact that these companies are upside down and they've had to, to be scalable and cut cost. And, and I mean, there are a lot of companies that are just paying the interest payment and mm-hmm. not getting enough on a principal is what has happened to radio that has enabled podcasts to grow yeah. is that radio to some degree stopped making big, stopped making <laughs> great content you still have pockets that good content is made and there's some great now content. why is that well because one i think radio has tried to streamline things yes i think two radio is a local business yes. to a degree there's yes. there's some good syndication and yes. i've got some good syndication yes. so i don't want to seem uh, hypocritical but at three radio stopped investing in the talent and 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 i think that and that's my biggest challenge every day is how do i take this talent mm-hmm. up a notch to be local right. and create compelling content. And then the talent has to have a work ethic, though. Oh, okay? sure. That's People correct. who are on the air have to have in them the motivation to want to be stellar when you're on the air. 
I never lost that. And every even when I was out for a little while before I went back for a little while, when I filled in, I took it seriously. I treated it like I'm going to do this like this is mine. Right. And I prepped and I put the time in and I cared. But it's like now for you and me, we can tell when somebody's winging it. Right. No, no question. No question. <laughs> Maybe not every listener can tell, no. but you and I can tell they just read the first three lines of a story in the Picayune or the Advocate. Well, let's let's take let's take a guy that's been ultra successful for us, Matt Moscone, and mm. you take 104.5, knew the kid when he was starting and always been hungry. You yeah. know, Red Arbach said yeah. you want to hire people with a PhD, passionate, hungry, driven. Yes, Matt sir. Moscone shows up at nine o'clock, starts prepping for a three o'clock show. Mm-hmm. If something is wrong with his show. Or something's not. He will throw a hissy fit, and he'll let you know. But he cares so much about his product, That's and right. what happens out of this? It's the first sports station that has been profitable in Baton Rouge since I've been here since since 1987. It's the first, and, and don't get me started on the Nielsen ratings. That's another. We could do another <laughs> podcast on that. But for the small sample that is the Nielsen ratings, yeah, it's the first time that show is number one with males, and it beat. Our classic rock station, Eagle 98.1, which is a problem for Eagle. Wow. Okay, which is why we have Richard Condon now right, for Eagle. Right, but right. but the point is is that I think the biggest challenge for me and for anybody in the business that, that, that has the ability to make decisions is that you need to be local because radio yeah. is a local business, but yeah. you need compelling content. Absolutely. Because compelling content, regardless of the distribution channel. That's right. People will find that. People will crave yes, that. Yes. People want that. And there's no better example than Seinfeld, which recently got sold to Netflix, and it got sold for $1 billion an episode. No question about it. It hadn't, it hadn't a show hadn't been made one in 20 bi- years. $1 billion. $1 billion wow. an episode. Netflix, because you said so much there, that, and I want to try to remember everything, but I'm going to start with the last thing. Netflix used to get laughed at by people Mm -hmm. when they started. Blockbuster laughed at Netflix. And then they tried a very awkward attempt to do what Netflix was doing. So here's what I would say Netflix did. They realized how little time we have to take back videos and how we will rent a video. And if you're anything like me, I'd rather pay the late fee than return a movie I didn't watch because I want to watch it. That's why I rented it. So Netflix said, yeah, keep it. Bring it back whenever you finish. I was sold. Okay, I still get the discs because I get them for the kids, even though I can stream it online. Netflix met people where they were. That is essentially what a marketer does. I told someone yesterday, quit trying to tell someone what they need. First, ask them what they need and then meet the need. That's how you make money. That's how you stay in business. Absolutely. Is that right? I'm with you 100%. You know, I always, um, one of the ways I like to explain it is we're in an age now where people want what they want, when they want it, and where they want it. Amen. And so if you don't have the great content, then they're not going to want you. you <laughs> that's where you got a problem. So so it comes back to radio. Why I think radio radio is is and still is going to be a factor in Baton mm-hmm. Rouge because of the automobile. Uh, you know, the yeah, great, the, so make the, the point you made about being in New York when we were together yeah, a couple yeah, of weeks ago. That's a great point. So I got in New York City and you read all these these blogs and you hear everything about um, you know, pure plays and and, mm-hmm. pod, and podcasts and uh, in New York City, I, I took I flew into Newark and and took the um, in one night, right? So I, I have these crazy travel schedules. Land, dude, you're on a plane more than you're on the ground. Newark, drop my stuff off in the Hampton Inn right above Penn Station. Yeah. Next train over, I'm going to the Mets game. Everybody's on their iPhones with earbuds. Mm-hmm. You think about it, and it's a big percentage wise. They're nowhere near Baton Rouge in percentage of people that are taking cars right. to, to, to work. And, um, and because of that, radio I, is certainly more threatened in the Northeast Corridor with right. all that public transportation. That's right. The great thing about Louisiana, our public, <laughs> our public transportation is a hot mess, right? And our traffic is too, which That's is exactly good for radio. Right. So, That's I mean, we've right. got a perfect Spend storm. a lot of time in your car, right? I'm just, you know, I'm not a big believer. You know, I, I think that... The dashboard is going to have Bluetooth and connectivity. It's going to have some things. But radio still is free, one. And radio still is local if you're doing a good job of it. So radio still, 
uh, has fought off A-Track tapes. It's fought off CDs. It's still going to have its place in the automobile and the dashboard. Right. And so that's what's that's part of my confidence about Baton Rouge. Now the challenge is, as a programmer, can you put the compelling content on the there? air? That's correct. See, I just think when when I used to show prep, the, the last stint doing it, I would get up an hour early to just like read everything. So when I went in, I, I wanted to have an understanding of what was going on. And then I just went and had conversation. But I always thought, I remember the last conversation uh, argument almost I had with a consultant who was in Florida, Mm -hmm. who's talking to me about here. And it's like, I understand what you're saying and you may have had some some success, but you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I don't remember what it was at the time, but it was like right here, right now. This is what people are talking about. I think it had something to do with the Metro Council, but it's like this is what people are talking about. Sometimes they say, don't be too heavy with the subjects. People who listen to talk radio want to be informed, okay? And they want to be entertained at the same time. With you, correct. But they want information while they're being entertained. Otherwise, they'd be listening to music, right? Or they'd be listening to their iPod or CDs or whatever. And it's like, you have to really know your audience. Stephen Covey, you know, seek to understand, then to be understood. Know who you're talking to. And I always took that approach to doing radio. And I see, I, I listen to people now, and they're entertaining themselves on the air, especially the national guys. They're entertaining themselves. It's like, why do I need to listen to you? Why don't you guys shut the mic off and just have a laugh fest? It's, it's, it's a great point. And I think one of the things that, you know, for instance, I can tell you in our country station, you know, we have a picture of uh, a minivan mom with two kids. Mm. And, and hopefully that's to get that visual because you're not talking to everybody, mm-hmm. right, on radio. You're talking to one person. And it makes you careful about what you say. Correct. And so you want to look and talk to that person at all time. And it's just the fundamental in what it is. Uh, no question. And, and, you know, again, it comes back to especially spoken word. Mm-hmm. Spoken word is um, – is about playing the hits locally. And so Clay Young's going to have a better understanding than a consultant. Mm-hmm. Our ESPN station has double to triple the, the numbers that the ESPN programming does. Why? Because we have the best content. We have the coaches. We have the players. We have the people that matter. And I can go get what's the latest on you know the Chicago Bulls anywhere in America, people are going to find that from right. other places, but nobody's going to have right. that unique thing. And so let's talk about our, my talk station, which is a year later, and we've had some people talk leave. Talk 107.3 FM. Correct. So we've had some people leave, and we've, we've rebranded and what mm-hmm. have you. And so my the biggest challenge is getting great content on the radio. People, uh, you know, Thing, people that people want to hear from. People want to hear from the experts. And this is, ESPN Radio has this philosophy. And so I, I, I'm big on, on this philosophy myself, is, is that, that does, do you want to hear John Delgado's opinion on what's going on with the Miss USA pageant? Or do you want to have three or four callers? And I think there's a time for callers when it's real heated stuff. I there's agree a time and you. place for callers. I agree. But with at the you. end of the I'd day, I'd rather he'll hear Delgado. Absolutely. And, yeah. and so it comes to, to compelling content. So I think that's what would try to, to get done here is that there's only a handful of Rush Limbaugh's out there. <laughs> a handful? Is there that many? Uh, maybe not that many. <laughs> okay. But I mean, you've got guys that, that, and I have respect for a lot of people. I, you know, I like Michael Berry. I've gotten to know him. Yeah. For instance, and nut and, job, by the way, you, nut job. Where's he most effective in Houston? He's a rock star. Yeah, he's, he I, I, he's absolutely a rock star in Houston, and he's been effective outside of Houston. But his most effective right. is going to be in Houston. It is the, he's really a nicer guy than people know. Oh, I hate to let his secret out of the bag, he's but he's a wonderful guy. He's like Condon. What he's doing <laughs> on the air is what he does on the air. But yeah. if you meet him in person, he's not that guy. No, he, he really is a wonderful person, yeah, he is. a wonderful family, but. Um, so, so there are very few people, I think, that can carry a conversation, uh, a conversation by themselves that long. In fact, ESPN's research is, and you've seen them move away uh, from the single-person show. I mean, mm-hmm. Colin Coward's contract comes up at the end of the I year. I hope he's gone. I, I don't, you know, I, <laughs> I'm I'd sorry. Be I know you. No, no, I'd he, be surprised. So if, he's making money for him. I'd be surprised, but but I mean, he's. God, you know, I'd rather. It, Tony I think Kornheiser. they're going to go to two people because with him. 
I th- no, no, no. I think they're going to. I don't know. His contract's up. I, I don't. So know you mean to put another an alternative show? In another the day show slot. with two people okay. in the spot is, yeah. is. If you made me make a guest here today, and of course, who knows what they're going to do? It's not my contract. I'm just an affiliate. But the the point of it is, is that is it compelling content? And then for radio, is it local? You've had success with this show. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you've got a line of fantastic guests. You're able to go, including this one, brother. You're, you're able to go deeper. Yeah, deeper. I mean, you know, you, the beautiful thing about podcasts it was, oh, hey, we gotta get traffic. Nope. You know, and that's radio. And Plus, there's no language barrier, yeah. as you know. Richard Condon's yeah. been on the show oh, a couple I know. of times. God bless. And so, then, what about setting the hook? You know, it's like you, when people are listening, they're like little things that drive me nuts. Where it's like, make me stick around. Because oh, sure. I can't DVR radio yet, so I can't skip through the commercials yet. That's why they have podcasts. But if I'm listening to a guy and he says, at Les Miles' press conference today, he said this about this player. And it instead of going, there was a press conference today and Les Miles made a statement. The room was just knocked over. You won't believe what he said. I'm going to tell you in just a minute. Stay right there. I'll come back. I'll tell you what Les Miles said. I'm staying, brother. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) I'm staying. The best I've heard at that on our stations is Mike Greenberg. Uh, Yeah, Greenies. I mean, he sets it. It's a skill set. There's no question. It's a part of it. And, you know, what's what's so crazy, Clay, uh, about the radio business is Arbitron slash now Nielsen. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, they're serving, surveying <laughs> 1,700 people out of 600,000 in yeah. our, you know, TS, a big area. One, So that's less than half of 1%. Right. And not only that, they're going to send a diary in the mail to somebody and ask you to stop everything you're doing and fill out for seven days who you listen to mm-hmm. for $3. Ain't going to happen. Who wants... No. I mean, who, who, who's going to do that? And you're going to tell that's accurate, and that's how yeah. my business is based, and no. I'm going to pay that money. It's just, and it's unfortunate. And, and so one of the, the and that's How do you get hurdles. around it, though? Yeah, everybody's got listeners. All the stations have listeners. Sure, All the sure. stations have listeners. You know, it's, uh, unfortunately, you've got some, some people that are going to buy strictly out of the numbers because it's easy, it's simple, and that's the way that right. it's been done. So I tell and people. You know, to me, it's, it's, I like to challenge the status quo. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I generally tell people, you need to buy who's buying you. Screw the numbers. Who's buying you? What, how old are they? What's the gender? What's the race ratio? Where would they possibly live? What, what, what might they listen to? I remember telling uh, some friends of ours who own car dealerships. Hell, I'll tell them. I, they run spots on the show. The Fabry brothers sure. who own Acura and Infinity and run used car spots. It's like, dude, you need to be buying Dave Ramsey because he doesn't talk about buying any kind of new car. He's telling everybody buy a used car yep. and pay cash for it. So he's giving you a free promotion for your used car lot by him. But it's like... You have to know what people are buying. Again, like you said earlier, you have to think about this stuff. Let me tell you, there's no question. And, and you have to know who your customer is. I mean, mm-hmm. you need to talk to your customer and you need to have that conversation. And, and look, I believe in radio and I believe in the big groups as well. Right. I think they, they certainly have great sure, qualities. Sure. right? And it's not anyone's fault. Oh, sure. That, you know, they're owned by... Uh, they've got investment well, maybe it's a couple of people's <laughs> fault, but you know, <laughs> but, Gordy's a nice guy. But I'm not. A, but the but the thing is, is that you know, it's not their fault that the, they're in a debt situation or whatever. These are people trying to make a living. A lot of them. Sure, I would agree know, with that. And, yes. and and so I get I get that. But the the problem, Clay, that the, the, that I have is that if you're just going to look at the numbers and that, and that's lazy and short sighted. It really is. And, and this is somebody sitting with Eagle ninety eight point one, which is. Been a rock star with with monster. Nielsen in for forever and ever. So for for people to to, to make it strictly off of that, uh, you know, at the bottom line, I want something that's going to get me results. Do you really care at the end of the day what's going to happen? And every station, if you use it the right way, can provide some results for the right business. And you're right, the right demographic. What's it fit? Who's your? Here's my customer, and this is this is probably what's going to fit the best. So we, we're going to bounce around a little bit and come back to sure. radio. But you you are the general manager of this cluster. You've got people who work for you there. So let's talk specifically to business owners. Yeah. How do you motivate your people? Oh wow. I think 90, 90% of my job is that when they cross the threshold in the morning, they want to come to work. Okay. 
And how do you get them there? So I, I think it's created. We have to go in and create a culture. So I was a director of sales for seven years before getting promoted to uh, general manager. And so, uh, you know, I was able first to put people in positions and uh, made some changes. P- put people in positions that uh, shared my vision, mm-hmm. that connected, and more than anything that I could delegate to. And this is who we are. This is how we want to get there. And go get your team. And sales guy, sales manager, hit your number. Programming, this is what we're trying to do. This is where we want to go. And promote, get the people that fit, and I'll work with you with mm-hmm. this, to, to get to that point. And you've got to stand up and be a manager and be a leader if you want to be a leader. And I think that what, taking a step back, is we've created a culture in which people buy into your vision. Yes. People are enjoying themselves. And more so than anything, after learning all the things, I we have a unique culture in, in that uh, our salespeople show up at 815, and here's the deal. I tell them. And, and this is a philosophy. One of the things I really put in place in the sales manager went down the line. Here's my deal. If you're hitting budget the month before, you need to be there at 8.15. I don't care what time. You, don't need, you want to come back? Don't come back. If you hit your number. Now, this is going away from some places at 5 o'clock. They come in. All right. What were your sales calls? <laughs> Ring the bell if you made a sales call. Because what it does is if you've got the right people that have a PhD or passion, hungry, and driven. Self-motivated. They're going to get after it and love you for mm-hmm. it. They're going to love you for it. They want it. the freedom. They don't want to be micro. And if you're not there and you're not hitting your budget, right. we're going to help you right. get there because we're it's us together. Because if you don't hit your number, Clay, I don't hit mine. Right. Gordy doesn't hit his. Right. Boom, boom, boom. So you just almost said something there. Shoot. Micromanagement. Yeah. I talk about it all the time. The micromanaging manager is the biggest reason that a company or an organization does not succeed. Correct. If you have people that you have to babysit, you've got the wrong people. That's correct. If you've got the right people and you're babysitting them, you're in the way. They can't do their job. That's right. You failed the process. Right. I mean, you failed them, but you failed the person because you've hired the wrong person to put them in that place. And so you got to correct that. Right. And you got to get them out. And if you, you, you can tell the people. So if you set up that culture, right, and you set up that culture, um, the right people will be attracted to it, and mm-hmm. you'll see them step their game up. And that's what we've been able to see. How about this for on-air? And so you come from the on-air standpoint. Most of them are paid on Nielsen ratings. Right. How do you perform adults 25-34 versus the competition? How can you best find those people that get $3 a month and fill out a diary? And I've been to Columbia, Maryland, and read the diaries, okay, and, and – some of the some of the handwritten comments. Yeah. Oh my! <laughs> oh my! I could put together the best of you and I get rich and sell that. Account. But here's the thing, you know what? I, you know what? I, I, our incentivized bonus on all our people. How much talent did you bring in? Hmm. And if you're at this point, if you you brought in twenty five hundred dollars worth of talent, I'll kick you in another three hundred dollar bonus. Why? Because you're going to bust your behind on air to be a rock star. You're going to go make that one-to-one relationship with the, with the salesperson and the clients, and you're going to own those relationships. Matt Moscona, clients call him. Oh, yeah. Sales, salespeople love him. They don't have to do anything. They call him. <laughs> and so I, I think going back leadership to, to what you want to do, and so you've got to set a culture, and who do you want to be, and how – are you going to create something that nine times out of 10, you'll never get 10, but nine times out of 10, when that employee crosses the threshold, they want to be a part of something. They feel like they're a part of something. They're motivated, and, and you've got the right people. How, how does Flynn Foster mm-hmm. and the Foster family, how do they empower you to be able to be at the wheel without <laughs> worrying about an organization that, you know, George Foster started that company how long ago? It's, gosh, 85, 86 years, been a life insurance company, and they own the TV station on Channel 9, WFB, and sold right. it. So to, 30 years, yeah. Oh yeah, basically, and... Oh, they, more than that, 80 years. 80 years of insurance, but the well, radio... Oh, well, that's right. Oh, the radio now goes back to, what, in, in the... Um, when they buy, in the, in the uh, it was in the 80s, they bought uh, GGZ, 98... You've got me thinking from, uh, about was it that. Gulf Star? 
No, no, no. Uh, there was no, um, no. They bought it from. They they got offered back when AM was it, and they got right. FM when there yeah. was two FMs. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And I remember the story. George Foster said Tommy Gibbons ran the station, and they bought that, and then eventually grew that thing in in the nineties and, and and bought a couple of it. But you know, Flynn but, but is yeah, of course George's son. So, sure, sure. So how I, do they how do they empower you? Just empower you to be able to go do the job. Yeah, I, I think that that. We meet on a weekly basis, but Flynn, it's it's the same as the way that I manage down, that I manage up. As I said, this is where I see this business. This is where I see us going. This is our advantages. This is our strengths, and this is the path that we need to go on. And uh, we're I'm as transparent as we, you know, as uh, I could possibly be. Flynn does a great job and walks the halls. Mm. So this is the owner. I mean, this is not only, you know, part of our, our board of directors and owner of, uh, owner of um, a good piece of stock, but our president, that he walks the halls and he'll talk with DJs and board ops and all that stuff. And how great does that feel oh, that yeah. you're in a position with that? Right. And I want him to, to do that sure. and a piece of it. But we're real transparent, and I think that, you know, I've set my vision on who he would be. Again, you heard the local compelling content. Um, one of the things that we've branched out now is we, we partner and we can we can build websites. We sell SEO, mm-hmm. reputation, manage it, all the digital things that you and so many uh, great people do here in this community based off the relationships sure. that we have. Sure. And so my vision for, for Guarantee Media, real simple, is that through sports and through my mail skewed stations, I've got great relationships now with this, these clients and... I can go after all this non-traditional business out uh-huh. here, oil and gas, uh-huh. industry, and all these people that need recruiting. Everybody's looking for recruiting issues now with what's happened in the newspaper. And the biggest problem is you deal with so many people out there is find, finding a qualified workforce all the way up yes, I-10 sir. corridor. And then secondly, all the digital. All those companies need great digital presence and inbound marketing and all those things. So our top-level people are all trained up in that. And uh, we started four or five months ago. I could see, Clay, uh, 2017, that our digital may be up there with one of our third or fourth billing stations, the products wow. that we're bringing in. And, and so this is, I, I, I come in, this is my vision, Flynn. Okay, this is where I see this going. But he's been great about letting me paint my picture, how we get there. And um, and I, I'm a big face-to-face guy. And you, you mentioned about the airplanes. Um, I, I've got my own all my little travel perks. I, you know, stay for cheap, mm-hmm. fly, what have you. Mm-hmm. I want to go see the best people face-to-face to get a feel for what they're seeing. Right. I can read a trade. Yeah. I can read a trade yeah, magazine. Man. Yeah. Hearsay. But and the truth of it is, is that. Uh, the people that are making some top decisions are in New York City. And I tell you, from the digital space and this stuff, and Norm Pattis, who has Podcast One, yep. you got to go West Coast. Yeah. And that's where all He's the, out in the LA. capital is, and they've got the money behind He's it. He's got his studio built out there, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and, and, you know, and so what, he's why. It's smart because he's got all that talent that's coming in and out of there. Now, Nor- now so, when, when and you, you know, Gordy mentioned Norm. Norm was the guy who started. CBS radio networks or Westwood, Westwood one, one. Yeah, Westwood absolutely. one that produced because Jim Rome was on Westwood one yes. for, is he still on Westwood one? No, he's, he's part of, well, yeah, actually Westwood one distributes him. He's part of CBS's platform. Sports so, radio network. Th- so he, he sold that right. right to Viacom and then started his own thing on podcast. He's way ahead. Now here's a guy who's like in his early seventies. He's in his early 70s and still wears a high-top LeBron. He had some high-top LeBron <laughs> Le- Nikes. He was rocking that. So he's and, trying to feel his inner youngness. And is a martial arts black belt yeah. Oh, yeah. who I believe studied under Bruce Lee. Yeah. And then he just hired, is it Mike Agonino? He hired the head guy from, from Triton so it's to like, come over. Yeah. When you and I talked about this podcast before I started it, actually you were one of the first people I sat and talked with and you were, you were just gung-ho about it because you knew where it was going. So let's talk about podcasts. Okay. You know, not just this one, but the entire genre of, of, of media and where it is. What is your opinion of where podcasts are and where do you expect them to go? Okay, so in podcasting, it's definitely, it's found a niche. It's a hot topic. And why? And I think that it's filled the void that um, 
the the radio when it has slowed down mm-hmm. and not produced great content, you getting some great content from podcasts. Number one, and number and there's two, there's such a variety. You know, there's so much of a variety. Number two, I, I think that. The big question is finding a way to monetize podcasts, and you've Mm -hmm. got to get to a critical level and things of that nature. But I think the beauty also of podcasts is that if we were to stop right now, okay, I'll give you an example of podcasts and what podcasts can do in radio so formatted is that you and I could sit there and say, hey, you know what, let's talk about our friends David and John Fabry over the Accurate <laughs> Infinity of Baton Rouge. You know, look, That's I've right. got one of those new TS, and go through the whole discussion, and, but it's real. It's real. It's not something that's off the pack. And so what they call native advertising right. and working that in, I think, is always going to be a significant place. Well, listen, you hear the it. spots I cut with those oh, yeah, guys. No, it is real. I, like, I do that with right. so many people, and I do them all over the state. And I've heard from people who say, man, I've copied that. It's like, dude, it happens so organically I try to make them sound as live as possible we just come in we sit down and we just do them right and it's like that's what we're missing sometimes you know there's something to be said about trying to be too cute that's it is and you know there's another thing and I preach to our people here and it's a work in progress it's always going to be a work in progress I know the problem with radio is you know you don't we've got to make better creative yeah bad creative yeah you know bad of creative yeah brother with soft content all of a sudden you're hearing you know i there's i I laugh so hard you know what a great story relief windows is a guy with a mom and pop business uh that broke away was putting windows and brought went on his own and just out of the heck i sat there when he 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 did a deal i'm gonna do your windows you endorse me and we're gonna buy a schedule with you guys and i looked at the windows and they were they were skinny like a like a cheeseburger (laughs) the mcdonald dollar menu right right and he put in the triple quarter pounder i was like big thick windows (laughs) and when, when i tell you clay that thing is stuck beyond, <laughs> I mean, just people mock me and all That's that. Right. And I'm not saying, look, you know, it was a great commercial. You want them to remember yeah. you, though. Right. But it's something exactly. And it needs more of yes. that. Yes. And so I think the opportunity is that for, for a podcast. But I think here, here's the thing about the, the good and the, the great thing about podcasts. By the way, digital. can, can, can sure. I just say one thing there? And we'll go it. back to it. You're so right. I rarely let clients send me copy i always want you give me copy points Mm -hmm. you give me the who what when where and why let me do the rest because i get some of the worst crap from people and it's not it's it's not that they mean they don't mean well it's not their skill set they shouldn't it's just people have very limited time and i say when you're listening to radio Mm -hmm. a spot has to catch your attention for you to pay attention and normally you've got to hear it more than once i still remember from 1999 a Toys R Us commercial around Christmas that was 30 seconds. It was a 30-second national ad that was just 25 seconds of children, babies, laughing. Mm -hmm. Just babies, just belly laughing. And at the end, the announcer said something about the holidays are made special with Toys R Us. Never forgot the commercial. Because if if you hear a child laughing, you're going to look around to see where that baby is. And you're exactly right. Is it memorable? A great story to go to Walton and Johnson. When I grew up down in New Orleans, they 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 sang a uh, they had a they endorsed an apartment complex on the West Bank, which was blue collar, right? Yeah, I'm from the West Bank. And it was Alouette Apartments on the West Bank. Alouette <laughs> comes to them today. Do they have private balconies? And, and so and it's like, oh, I went and drove by there. I'm like 15. I'm not looking for an apartment. And the place was a dump. It was a dump. But God they bless, set it the was hook. great. They set the they hook. They set the hook. And so I, I, regardless of what, so what podcasting has, it, it, has the, it has the ability to, it has the ability to do native real right. talk and we could yeah. do something like that for between you and I and Accurate Infinity and have that conversation. The other thing about digital that I, I think that um, in meaning podcasts and digital is you sure. and you've heard me talk about Nielsen and again nothing against Nielsen. It's for I mean for economically it's the best way, you know, one of the be- one of the only ways to, right. to get survey. The great thing about digital in is that you can find out exactly who's listening to your radio station. Mm-hmm. If you register first-party data, mm-hmm. a la what Pandora does, then you know age, and you know zip code, and mm-hmm. you can geo-target. And there's no debate. You know exactly what you're getting, when you're getting it, 
and there's treme- tremendous transparency, right. transparency rather, and, and all that stuff. And so that's a pretty cool thing that, that I like with that. And, you know, I think so the, the biggest challenge that the podcast has is getting to critical mass mm-hmm. and getting to critical mass. And I think the biggest, you know, the biggest critique, and I've listened to a lot of Norm stuff out there mm-hmm. in the podcast, and, and probably the best podcast that I follow is Mark Ramsey Media. He does some media, it's Media Unplugged, and... and and it has some radio principles into it. For instance, he does 22 minutes. Well, 22 minutes, guess what? That's about my commute. That's, yeah. That's my commute in and out. And 1010 Wins in New York used to say, give us 22 minutes, we'll give you the word. Absolutely. Was, <laughs> absolutely. And that was memorable. That's and you right. remember that. And so when you, when you think about uh, going back to his podcast, it's segment A, segment B, benchmark. Yeah. And so some radio principles, programming principles that sucked into it. So, you know, it, it, it's, a, um, it's a dynamic space. It's going to change. And I think the biggest question everyone in the digital space needs to determine is how do you make money? I go to the RAIN Summit. I need to bring you up there. It's in Atlanta in September. And I'll, pro- I'll buy your ticket to go to that because I want you to I'll see that. i get the that, ticket. You buy the steak. Okay. <laughs> is this. Is that... So many great ideas, even Pandora. But who's really making money right now? And some of it's royalty with music and sure, some of that sure. stuff. And how do you monetize it and getting the people to see it? And it's coming. Yeah. People are spending more money on digital. But who's actually netting money down to the bottom line and cash flowing on those things? It seems like it's almost like going to the web where, because you're talking about monetizing it. Like this, we do this for free, run a couple spots. But it's like... If you're saying you're reaching a couple of people, you know, we top a thousand listens or whatever mm-hmm. a week and sometimes a lot more depending on who the guest is. This one's probably going to be one of the better ones because it's you and people know you here. I'm marketing to the region, right? right? I talk about some national stuff, but it's mostly about what we care about here in this part of the world. Okay. I've got friends of mine who don't live here who listen to the podcast to keep up with what's happening here. Uh, I get emails or not really uh, Facebook messages for the most part, people asking about who's coming up on the show or comments about who's been on the show. And I'm surprised at how many people I've had people tell me I listen to some of the show on Thursdays driving into work and the rest of it going home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there's going to come a time where the show will be shorter, but twice a week. Right. What? And it it depends. Here's the other thing about you. And is it, it's good as long as the content's good. And, and that's a beautiful thing about podcasts. And, you know, one of the, we've got to talk 107.3 FM. And, and, you know, so one of the things I get is we've got to play in the mornings. You've got this news wheel and, and you've got the 22-minute commute and you're trying to get traffic, weather, elements, and this and that. And interviews get cut off. But how for do you radio, get around? How do you deal with that? But, thought? you know, it's tough. And, I mean, but, you know, and, and so, and, and it's one of those questions that we, for, for the moment, you've got to play radio. Mm-hmm. And, again, so who am I? I like to challenge the status quo. And how do you get past something like that and, and get there? And we're open to, to how do you move and change things without taking a step back financially? Right. You know, and, and so it's, it's a good question and how, it's a great topic and we go through that and we try to, to innovate, if you will, and, and, and go down there. But so come back to this one. Why is this effective? Is that, and if I have the conversation to, again, we go back to we both friends with the Fabry brothers. Mm-hmm. Is it, okay, it's a thousand listeners, but number one, it's intimate. Yeah. Radio's intimate, but this yeah. is also very intimate. A thousand without any real outside promotion, nope. no real ancillary promotion outside, just basically social media, and that's it. Absolutely. And that's going to change because I've got some things coming, but at the moment, oh, well, we've talked right. about something and we'll no, get we, to we, next. We've but, got some things with yeah. that. But, but, but the, the point is, is that, I mean, if, if the people listening to this are, are really engaged into the conversation, so it's a little different type. And one of the reasons I like this, and so many people in the radio are like, oh, podcast, podcast, blah, blah, blah. No, it's, it's a part of the brand. Sure. You know, we do on demand. Sure. In perfect, I'd love for all my, all my, talent to get into doing podcasts and offering something that mm-hmm. they don't offer on the radio because right. it only helps the brand because it's in addition to not instead that's of. correct that's correct so but you got to want to work comes back to what you you said earlier and and i forget how you did it but people want what they want where they want no from i who said they want. I how said, was your description i said you find out what people need yeah then you meet the need 
And so you're meeting them and making this available, uh, making this available because for those on podcasts. Everybody, everybody moves around with smartphones, whether it's an iPhone or a Droid or whatever, or on an iPad. My in my world, my to do list is on my iPad. All of my calendars sync to my mobile devices. I have an office manager and an assistant. They put things on the calendar. It's a digital world. I listen to a lot of radio right. on my phone. If I'm in Sandestin or LA or wherever, I can pull up what's happening in Baton Rouge on my phone. So be compelling. And television is training people to be in the mindset that I don't have to be in front of the device. That's correct. At the moment it's happening. Only sports. Only sports makes you want to be there when it's happening. And for another 20 years news. And, and for the, an, the younger generation well, news. It, I don't you think 20, 20 years may be long. Yeah. 20 may you. be long. I'm, because right. right now social media makes it happen instantly. What what's killing social media though? Are the clickbait news stories? Oh, sure, yeah. because what's happening That's what now Facebook's is turned yeah, into. no question. Because before, with Twitter and Facebook, you can get a news story and you trusted it. Something broke on Twitter. Now people are rehashing someone who died five years ago and saying so and so died. I, I saw one this weekend, and it's like what that does is it'll make you discount it all. Yeah, and it was, it's likely going to push people back to lose, these sites. Well, yeah, because you lose the journalistic credibility That's and all right. the crazy stuff. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, with what you're talking about, you're doing digital. You know, you're on the air terrestrial. You've got your radio stations. You've got your digital platforms. You're online. You've got an app. So you're on people's smartphones mm-hmm. or their tablets. How do, you, how do you sync that and organize it to where it's a rhythmic motion as opposed to chaos? Well, first off, you need to, from a from a content creator, meaning a, 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 you know someone like yourself, or, or when I'm doing the stuff I am LSU, sure. they got to want it, and they've mm-hmm. got to be disciplined in their approach, and then they need the support to do it. From a sales and how you monetize it, and there's a lot of great platforms out there. We personally work with Trident, and where we can go in and show, and that's again digital wise. Here's who's listening. This is exactly who's listening and who's reaching and what have you. And here's the advantage of going this direction. Or in addition to your radio buy, why don't you go ahead and buy the Matt Moscona show, but Mm. you should be on the Matt Moscona on demand for all those people that want to listen to that. And we come back and get the Moscona podcast or whatever it might be. So, you know, you need to have a digital philosophy from top to bottom, meaning this is what we do programming wise and this is what we do sales wise. I see some news programs now who do live television programs and then push people to their digital platform for a post-show discussion Mm -hmm. in long form. And the post-show discussions in long form on the digital platform are almost always better or at least as engaging as what happens on television because the formatics can go out of the window. That's this podcast. Right. I don't have to stop every six minutes for anything. And I can go as long as I want because I know people are trained. I'll go back to it. So with with the way the business is going, now what about, let's talk about specifically about sales. Mm -hmm. Okay. I still believe in radio. Now, you know, here we do television, we do print, we do digital, we make sites and all of that for people. But I believe in radio because when radio works effectively, it's the most intimately used medium because you take it with you. You get into your car, especially in Louisiana. You, you listen to the same couple of stations every day. If this one's not winning you now, I'll switch to my, my B option. And I often see some laziness in the way spots are, are written in terms of the, the details. No question. And, and I, again, that's some of the economics of it. The old radio stations would have a sales staff. For every radio station, they'd have a copywriter. They'd have all that. And again, mm-hmm. some of the economics. And look, I'll raise my hand. We, we're guilty of some of that as well. And then the second thing is is that um, is you're always going to have some clients that, that, like you said, are too busy and don't realize the importance of great creative. You can buy a radio station. You can buy a schedule on any radio station, Banrish, any of the fine clusters here that's going to be a, that, that, um, a schedule that would be effective. If you don't have the right creative... You're spinning your wheels. Spinning your wheels. The whole process is important. Oh, no question. I can remember losing my cool, Gordy, in a radio station one time with a kid who was board hopping. And and it was, you know, I'm, I'm there. I'm take, I always took it so seriously mm, no when question. I did it. And he was goofing off. And 
I just lost it. I mean, lost it to the point to where the wrong thing and we might have been turning over furniture because it's like, man, I take this stuff seriously, man. What's I mean, your brand? I, yeah, What's I'm not brand, goofing right? off here. Right. This is serious to me. People are listening. I need this to be right. And I always took it that way. Funny story about Matt. I remember being in a, in a meeting with Matt when Matt and I worked with Ed Bugs. And I went off about something. The performance wasn't up to where we wanted it. We're in this competition. And I'm going off about it. And they, and they laughed at it at me because I was so I think, passionate. I think Matt still tells me you went off. Say, I got one. And guess what? Yeah. He, he's that guy now. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's that guy now. <laughs> because because the thing is, if you're gonna try anything at life, anything in life, if you're gonna try something, try to win at it. Oh no question, no question. And Matt does that. Yeah, and, he and, does. And it. So and, and so I. By the way, my voice was never that high, at least not since I was I'm doing 13. a bad Matt Moscona. My, my voice doesn't get that high. So I, I think that, again, as we summarize what we're talking about, sure. is people love big brands. They love great, compelling content mm-hmm. for radio and, and for people like yourself that, that has an outstanding brand in this market. It is that you have to deliver your content wherever people can access it. Right. And radio still, and in, in for the foreseeable future, until I, I need to, I need to see the car with the change dashboard that's going to be consumer friendly. Because the first time somebody's in there trying to use their dashboard like it's their iPhone, a high profile person runs off the road and sues Toyota or Chevrolet, mm-hmm. whoever that is. Mm-hmm. Game over. Then the Bluetooth, you know, then, then all that changes, and so. Uh, until that point, radio's going to always own the car. I agree. So it'll be significant in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Now I'm in New York City. We're having a different <laughs> discussion, right? But um, so the, the create great, great content. And, and, and owners and, and whomever inspire your people to create great content. So we'll do this. We'll talk about football closer to football season. You talk about football all the time with people. I know you as someone who has sure. interests well beyond sports. And I wanted to talk about business because sure. that's a that's a larger part of your life than what you do on the sidelines when for I go a few one, weekends. Yeah, you know, it's a chance for me to get away. <laughs> yeah. No kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rocking the Holiday Inn, Gar- Hilton Garden Inn in okay. Tupelo, Mississippi. Right. So you asked for it. So all I'm right. going to get it now. Me. Tell, Give me your... I know you got a lot of them. So no. give me your third or fourth funniest Les Miles story. Not the best one. Not oh. the one that you give when you give speeches. So this is Save that be, one for the next one. This is going to be a progression. Okay, so my fourth funniest one is that and Les and I have a great relationship. Yeah, I know so I you get do. to see Les yeah. in a different light. Oh, yeah. Les and I just recently talked about Greek, Greek uh, two days ago. I went over there, dropped something off. And Can Greek, you get him on this podcast? I think he would enjoy doing that, talking about anything other than football. That's he what would I be want. Great. I want him he would for be that. Great. I've seen him, him in a couple yeah. of circles, and I told him one time about I, I appreciate what he's trying to get from these young men. Yeah, that's more than just X's and O's. So he's see if you can set that. that up, man. So he to get so once Les gets in the football, and this is a great. And, yeah. and I always like to learn management lessons for everybody. When he gets to football, he lives in a bubble. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of years ago, um, after Auburn won a national championship, um, LSU went ten and two, and, and I, I'm trying to remember the year. And, and um, LSU went ten and two. We won up That'd in be Arkansas three years ago. Huh? Ugly game. So it was twelve, 2012, and we played up yeah, at Arkansas three years ago. And uh, Jarvis Landry made a great catch in the end zone. So it was Medberger's first year starting. So after the national championship, so go ten and two. Auburn was two years removed from a national championship. We beat them in an ugly game over at Auburn, 12 to 10. And it went downhill. Gene Chizik was going to get fired. They mm-hmm. won a game. They win a game in the SEC. I think they went three and nine that year. And uh, so my funny Les Miles story is that Les goes, well, all we need is Auburn to beat Alabama, and we're going to the SEC championship. And, I, you know, I finally sat there, and it was myself, Michael Bonnet, the sports information director, and Les yeah. in the locker room. And he's just getting out of the shower, getting ready to change after we filmed the TV show. And just, you know me as well. So I'm blunt. I just looked up. I said, Les, there's no way that's effing happening. They're going to get beat 52 to nothing. Right. And I think they got beat 45 to nothing. Right. And he just looked at me. He's like, what are you talking about? They played us tough. I was like, you? <laughs> they hadn't won a game. They hadn't been in a game. The coach is getting fired. And it just goes to show you that uh, well, 
as a compliment to him, his focus is on one thing in football season because outside world, he didn't. He was dialed in on that, and it was just funny in the circumstance. Michael laughed out of it just for my bluntness. I looked at coach. There's no effing way Auburn is going to beat Alabama. And I think, and I think 2012, if if I'm not mistaken, was it wasn't Tampa. Oh, I went to Chick Fil A to play Clemson. See, I'm so tempted, but I'm not going to do it now because I want to ask you what he really thinks about Nick Saban. I want to ask you about the national championship game he's specifically. Actually, he's actually good with the, Nick down. Okay. I mean, they they've kind of all, right. all that's kind of metal. They want to let's, they, let's they save it now. Let's, let's but, not yeah. give it. This is this will be in the part two. 2008. <laughs> that would have been a better discussion. <laughs> I just uh, and then I I remembered stories about Nick Saban after getting off of Heisinger's plane. And I heard a story about him maybe wondering if he had made the right decision. He's signing with the Dolphins as opposed to leaving LSU. And I don't know if you've heard that, but there's so much to get into. But listen, man, a couple questions for you in the business area and then we'll wrap it up for someone who's a small business owner who is on the precipice right now, tough economy, Mm -hmm. hard to find good people, and they're wondering if it's worth it or if they ought to just go get a job working for someone else, what advice would you give them? No, I'd get after it. Live your dreams. I mean, life's short. And, and, uh, you know, I think you've got to talk to the right people, have the right game plan. Um, But but for me, um, think about this. It's three months down the line. If you go to to work for that somebody and get a job, are you going to be fulfilled with just getting by? What is the best formula for moving on from failure? Oh, I, I think that you, you've got to have thick skin and really be focused to realize that, that truly any time that you fail, it, it is a step in the right direction to success. And you've got to realize it's going to happen. Everyone fails. I've failed. I've made bad mistakes. Their, their works in progress, but you can't be afraid to fail. And that the price of not trying or the, the, the pain of not trying is always going to be stronger than the pain of failing. And finally, for you, beside my, besides my family, my greatest motivation is? Living up to... Living up to the person my father wanted me to be. Uh, You know, that brings tears to my eyes. I cry every time he died eight years ago. Um, If I want to be motivated, I go gravesite over at Rest Haven. That's all I need. I I will come to play for a month. That's, you know, I stood over and did the eulogy over my father and now my uncle who died a month ago that was 60 years old. And, and, and it's your kid's worst nightmare, right? But from this standpoint, that uh, the, for me as a father, now having two, two boys, one girl, the greatest gift, if you will, or the goal of any father is for that child to stand over a casket and say, here lies my hero. That's it. Nothing else in the world matters. Critics, nothing. I will run through a brick wall. I don't give an F who you are. I'm going to come after it. That's what motivates me. Ladies and gentlemen, Gordy Rush. And that's going to wrap up this edition of the Clay Young Show on podcast 225.com and on iTunes. Have a fantastic 4th of July weekend if you're listening to this on the Thursday that it airs. If you're listening to it afterwards, I hope you had a great 4th of July. And remember, when you're born in America, you win the lottery of life. Make the most of every opportunity you have. And we'll see you next week on The Clay Young Show on iTunes and, of course, on podcast 225. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.